Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. Have you been dying to see us live? Then get psyched about the last podcast network, Country Jamboree, at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, on June 18th. Jackie, we're not at the Country Bear Jamboree, but I am grinning like a possum, eating a sweet tater. Because we'll have all your favorite LPN family out and performing live, including last podcast on the left, page seven, Wizard and the Bruiser, No Dogs in Space, Brighter Side, Fraudsters, Someplace Underneath, The Story Must Be Told, and more. Tickets available now. Again, that's the Ryman Auditorium on June 18th in Nashville, Tennessee. The last podcast network, Country Jamboree! Half a second, I almost started singing the talking TV theme song, and that's when you know you might have recorded too much in a week. I'm just like, wait, which? What are we doing? I'm over here talking to MJ about a court of mist and fury, but that is not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about season six, episode 11, chapter 106 Angels in America. Throwing out there up top. Great episode. Great episode. They called it Angels in America, though? They called it Angels in America. Poor taste. (laughs) Poor taste. But whatever. Everything. (laughs) I have no notes other than that. (laughs) Poor taste. Um, Yes, um, not the Tony Kushner play, which um, please, though, bring in elements of that. Um, I'd be absolutely fine with it. But there was no room for that in this episode of Time traveling Riverdale. We love a gimmick based episode. We love a time travel. We love a past and characters playing their past selves slash their past ancestors slash not even, but they just are people who look like them from the past and their names start with the same letter. We love it. This episode had everything. And not only do we love a gimmick, we love a Slightly Woke Riverdale. And if you think you've seen Slightly Woke Riverdale before, just wait until Tabitha tries to stop the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It is... Just what you think Riverdale would do uh, with time travel, which is oh, yes. try to save Pops and also try to prevent the assassination of Dr. King. I 
honestly, halfway through, I was like, what show are we watching right now? <laughs> because uh, it, it's just, it was so out of, not even out of character of Riverdale, but it was so outside of the time traveling, <laughs> kind of based in reality in some way, but in this reality that they have carved out, God exists. Right. It- <laughs> Which is, I thought that was very weird when like, because uh, we'll get into it, but it's like because angels exist in Riverdale, but I weirdly, and maybe it's just the heathen in me, I was like, oh, okay. So God, he exists in this and I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I mean, not only does God exist. As- not that I'm <laughs> upset about God existing to people. I'm just more upset about like, why is this weird thing shoved into Riverdale when like that's not this show. Yeah. No, it's definitely it's definitely weird to have it be like suddenly we're talking about like religious imagery. But also get, don't get me wrong, I loved everything about this episode. I did. absolutely loved it. And I'm sorry to jump forward to the end, but I do like what you know, so so I I I, I want to try to get this point out without but we also have to to talk about the plot and everything. But basically yes. In a very Riverdale way, where they end this episode is kind of like America's legacy of racism is just because of like a single demon. Yeah, single I, I like white <laughs> demon. No, it's like no. There's a lot of evil people. It's a it's a bit of a cop out to be like, oh, the reason, like, because the whole episode, the three different time traveling stories are all about different times of like racism and and segregation in Riverdale's past. It's a a very interesting framework for a show that is, again, quite white. (laughs) But, like... Okay, sure. At let's least do it. it wasn't Betty going through it. At like, least it was it was Betty. Tabitha. <laughs> yes. And they did a good, they did it, I think, I mean, you know, from my perspective, they overall did a fine job, but then it, it it's so interesting. Like the whole episode, you're like, why Why are we doing this? Okay, like if we're, I, I, interesting that we're going to say, okay, if we're going to talk about the history of Riverdale, that is going to be linked with like all these different, uh, you know, of course, anytime you're talking about recent history, you're going to be talking about racism and segregation. And oh, yeah. Especially whatever. in small town America. I mean, where it is, you know, right. things like this can be more easily gotten away with. Totally. But then again, it just the the way that the, the takeaway for Riverdale is just like it was because of one bad, bad guy. guy who's also like the devil slash the de- a demon. And I just feel like it's a they worked so hard to like show what a part of any legacy of of any town in history racism is but then they just gave it to the devil at the end um which is yeah. all, just a, such a deeply riverdale thing to do be like it's about a demon yeah demon he's a demon he's a demon percival pickens is a demon we finally have it um the face that he made it is the same face when when you realize oh he's a demon um it is the same face from rivervale as well so i keep saying that he's a demon because i don't want to think that like is it I was like hoping maybe he's one of the four horses of the apocalypse because now we know that this is about the apocalypse and that I'm assuming there's going to be a fight between angels and fallen angels in Riverdale. So this was winked at episodes ago with the showing of an angel right inside Raphael showed up. We didn't even make mention of it, I don't even think. 
I, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I vaguely remember Raphael, but if you told me that happened like a season ago or no two idea. episodes ago, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I have no idea when it happened. I know that um, because I remember him saying like, a war is coming. Uh, and I think it's like between this and reading A Court of Mists and Fury, I keep getting them confused because there's also a war coming in that. And I'm like, <laughs> no, but this is a different war. Um, this is a war of angels. Not a war of fairies. No, not the land of the fae. Court of Mists and Fury, you can stay over there is a different war that's coming. And um, I guess Percival Pickens is the harbinger harbinger of the apocalypse. Why is it starting in Riverdale? Like, I guess my big question is why? I don't don't understand it. I have another question after why, which is what are we talking about? Like, like, are we talking about (laughs) the characters in Riverdale and the present day? And not only the present day, but like the 250 years ago past of like Abigail and all of that and Percival's ancestor and all that. I thought that's what we were talking about. And then in this episode, it turns out we're talking about angels and demons, which I did not realize until this episode. Yeah. And so it's going to be a big fight to see who's going to win. But in the meantime, now that we know that Cheryl is has her. For her pyrokinesis. And she was in Thornhill when Tabitha goes because Tabitha finds out. All right. Tabitha finds out at the beginning of this episode that, okay, something's not right here. Wait, it took her months to find out that her boyfriend can't hear and that he actually is just listening to her thoughts, which would mean that Tabitha literally says every single sentence inside of her head. <laughs> Before she speaks it aloud <laughs> until this episode. I This is my favorite part of Jughead's superpowers that they've just never dealt with, which is that somehow he has never made this mistake before of reading someone's thoughts and assuming they said it out loud before that, because she thinks something and she doesn't say it. And then he's like, answers what she said. And he's she's like, how did you know? And I'm like, really? You've been doing this for weeks, the Jughead. And this time. is the first time this happened He's like, good at it, MJ. He didn't need a lead <laughs> learning curve. It's. I was just doing, I had to write a paper for school about bilingualism, and I had to interview a bilingual person and talk about like his second language acquisition. And he was saying that when he was st- first learning English, he would always say the sentence in his head fully and then speak it. And as, you know, before, because he wasn't, he couldn't quite like think and talk in the second right, language right, right. yet. So he would always practice it in his head first. And I thought of Jughead. I was like, well, that would be perfect for Jughead because that's basically how Riverdale Did thinks all people. Did you include it in the interview for grad school? <laughs> <laughs> grad school this reminds me of Jughead Jones. A little friend of mine I got <laughs> in the TV box. Oh, Jughead Jones. Like we are all walking around thinking exactly what we are about to say. <laughs> and only... Times. Now, does he slip up? Also, I didn't even know they were still dating, so I guess that is still happening. You know, the the sexiness is gone, but don't worry, they replaced it with a lot of chaotic plot, <laughs> and I am okay with that for now. So what ends up happening is that Jughead's like, look, Tabitha, all right, and explains to her about the blast, explains that they have that they have superpowers now, only some of them do. So she goes, she's like, but wait, 
Percival Pickens is evil and he needs to be stopped. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of what like everybody's been trying to do for the last four episodes. But no one had clued in Tabitha, even though she's also been dealing with his ass. Because she finds out, which she doesn't even realize it beforehand, because he tries to double speak at her, Percival Pickens does, and tries to control her, but she could not be controlled. Yes. And why is that? Turns out, inside, lurking inside of her, was the power of, Chrono. <laughs> hmm, what is it? Why, I don't know why they can't just say superpowers like normal it's people. superpowers. I forget what Chrono it's time travel. I don't remember. Chronokinesis. It's, it's, yeah, I think it is. Or chronokinesis. It is not time traveling because she did, um, she did correct people multiple times about it's not time travel per se. Um, it is her new superpower, which is of time travel. Because what does Percival Pickens want to do? He wants to raise... Pops Diner, and he wants to put in a railway. Didn't you know? Oh, is it turning century all, all, all again? <laughs> Very <Yes>. much <laughs> the premise of the Simpsons monorail episode. Yes, it's just like the monorail episode. They want to get rid of Pops Diner. So Dabitha doesn't know what to do. So Percival Pickens tries to do his double speak, tries to get her to sell him the land. And she says, nay, I will not. And so what is actually a very smart decision, she and Jughead decide, well, we're going to get Pop's Diner, uh, what is it called? Like, do detonated? I can't think of it. <laughs> Raised? No. Given the status of oh, a... yes. Uh, a what, a what national monument about? or yes, something like they that. They want to make it a historical... A historical landmark! Landmark. God. Damn it! It's a historical landmark. Designated. Is that, did we say that designated. word Designated. Designated is the word I was thinking of. Designated as a landmark. historical landmark. Sorry, the Dayquil is just <laughs> a bit of a fog on my brain right now. Um, so they wanted to designate Pops a historical landmark. And so they're there trying to do it. And what does Percival Pickens do to try to get rid of Tabitha? Which he's so, if you're a demon... And you live through the ages. Don't you think you would come up with something better than just sending a goonie out to come and shoot Tabitha in the diner that she owns? Yeah, I mean, right. Who was that guy? Like, and why did, like, was he even anybody? Was he just like a manifest? He was a goon, they say, like, but like, literally, who was he? Where did he come from? Why did no he exist idea. in all the different time realms? Like, no idea. a lot of unanswered questions. A lot of unanswered questions. But what does that shock do to Tabitha? She jumps back in time to 1944, where this is some like real life, very upsetting criminal behavior. I guess not criminal then, that Percival Pickens is the sheriff of the town and he's trying to turn Riverdale into a sundown town. And I was very surprised at where Riverdale took this. Not unhappily surprised. Yeah. Just I was surprised. Same. I was like, oh, okay. Are we going to educate the youth or whoever watches this show uh, about sundown towns? Um, millennials, old millennials, literally who watches the show besides us? I'm not, not sure, sure. But whoever, 
you know, that we might not, whoever's watching it might not know the history of Sundown Towns. And we're going to go there and we're going to like have a whole scene in Love the it. town hall where they explain what a Sundown Town Sundown Town was. This is real. This yeah. is a real thing that yeah. is truly horrific. Yeah. That I like that Riverdale did go back in time to things that were truly just uh, disgusting. Like, I can't even imagine what, like, all I can think about when Tabitha's brain of like, can you imagine actually being there and trying to fight to keep Riverdale from becoming a sundown town? For those of you that do not know, sundown town um, essentially enacts a law that says black people um, uh, and citizens of the town must be outside of the town limits by sundown um, or else they are treated as trespassers and can be killed and done right. whatever you want. This is a basically a, a legal excuse for lynching. And yep. Right, it was fascinating to watch. I mean, and it was well done, I think, because um, you know, you if you care about these characters to the extent to which you do, right? Like you said, you can then have a different. You're like, you know, you care about these characters, and now suddenly, instead of like trying to figure out how to save pops, they're trying to figure out how to stop the town from becoming a sundown town. And it's like, yeah. it it didn't seem like, in surprisingly, Riverdale was not like totally haphazard and callous about the historical events that are referenced in this episode aside from perhaps the effort to kill dr king but even that i mean i don't know i would love to hear uh you know some some different perspectives on this because i was like for riverdale like if we're grading on a curve they are doing fantastic like is this the episode i would show you know a classroom of students to teach them about civil rights history of the second half of the 20th century? No. But do I think that Riverdale is doing a good job portraying racism in the 1940s, racism from the cops in the 1960s, you know, uh, and then again in the late 90s, interesting choice. I thought that they did do a good job. I also thought that they did. At least it seemed. They were trying. They were trying. They were at least trying, but at the end of the day, um, if you were in a sundown town, you couldn't rely on the use of an angel to get yourself out of it. Um, unfortunately, the people in this instance probably would have just been killed, um, which is all I kept thinking about. Um, because when she gets taken back to 1944 and she goes to try and fight the sundown town laws, who shows up at the diner looking for shelter? And it was back in the day fangs with a mustache so you know it's not present day and tt with baby annie annie not baby anthony i get why do they just slightly change people's names I don't know. are these past versions of the same people no don't know are they their ancestors no they're just people who look like them who have names that start with the same letter <laughs> It's just such a weird, I'm always like, are, what what aspect of time travel is this? Is this a past version of the same person? Because we've had that in Riverdale. Oh, yeah. Is this an ancestor of an existing character? Because we've had that in Riverdale. Yes, we certainly this have. This appeared to just be two random ass people who looked exactly like Fangs and Tony and had a baby with a different name and a different yes, gender. Yes, yes. And they were there hiding out. Now, at this point, the angel Raphael, in each time jump, dons a different character of one of her friends to make her feel comfortable because, like Jughead Angel said, if you saw what I really looked like, you'd go angel mad. And what does he do to get them out of the genuinely harrowing experience to watch of these people hiding in the diner knowing that the sheriff, and also Kevin, who is now just also just as evil as Percival Pickens throughout the century. They 
are saying we're going to go get a warrant from Centerville. Yeah. Close by because it hadn't become a sundown town yet. And so how like this, so they were going to come in and drag their bodies out and essentially kill them or kill them somewhere in the forest. And um, so Jughead ends up saving them because it's Christmas Eve. Yeah. Why is it Christmas Eve also? Don't know. Like, <laughs> we're not. Don't know. We don't need a Christmas episode right now. No, we don't need a Christmas episode right now. But um, how Tabitha gets the angel of Jughead to show his real self to make Percival Pickens go angel mad. She goes, but it's Christmas. And he goes, yeah, it is Christmas. Let me go make him go angel mad. And it pans out outside and they're bleeding from their eyes and just being like, which great. I wish great. that we could have seen the incarnation of what Riverdale was going to, like if they were going to do biblically accurate Angels, have you seen the pictures of the biblically accurate angels? They just got like big fire wings and stuff, right? They're terrifying. It's very scary. It's very, very scary. Googling it now. Yes, no, now. So I'm assuming that this is what like big wings. I'm assuming that this is what they would see that like one big eye wrapped up in a straps of eyes. Look up the biblical <laughs> angels yeah, um, of what scary. angels are supposed to look like. They're very, very scary and apparently it makes you go mad. And so I guess it's an It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I guess it's an It's a Wonderful Life reference too to be like, it's Christmas Eve, you're an angel, isn't this I the time? So, yes. But then there, there was, again, there wasn't any other follow-up on that. That was just like, we're just gonna put in the Christmas in this plot to have like a just a little reference to Clarence for anybody who appreciates it. I guess, yeah. And you know what? I, I mean, I'm surprised that I guess the angel's name is not Clarence in that if you're going to be doing yeah. that. But also, I don't know if they made any other angels in America references, <laughs> which I feel that I would have noticed. Yeah, I, I mean, as we talk about all the time, Riverdale is constantly making references that often slip by me. <laughs> Less often slip by you and seem to never slip by Jeff. So, yeah. So, at least like that. Well, that's one of his blind spots, his plays. So, mm. if it was historical, that was more. He was really fired up about during the Dr. King uh, section of this, which <laughs> is what ends up because Percival Pickens, with his angel madness, gets sent to the loony bin and then he gets out of the loony bin and tries to shoot Tabitha and then it's time jump. Yeah. Yeah, he comes back. The, every time Tabitha gets shot, she jumps in time. And so she jumps from 1944 to 1968. She's working at Pops, and she hears on the radio the date, April uh, something, I can't remember, 1968, and she is hearing Dr. King giving a speech on the radio. And so she says... April, whatever, that means tomorrow is the day that Dr. King is going to be assassinated. I've got to go. And she spends a full like five minutes of this episode unrelated to any other plot points, just being like, I've got to go stop the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Until finally, Angel TT, Angel Raphael now in the form of Tony comes and is like, sorry, but some events are just... So powerful that they are stuck in time. I was really afraid they were going to, she was going to say, like, meant to be. Thank God she didn't yes. say that. No. But she was just like, this is just an event that's too powerful that is frozen in time and you can't change it. Sorry. And then she's like, oh, okay. All right. I guess I'll do something else. So, what honestly, I thought that this part of it was a fever dream because <laughs> I was not feeling good last night as I was watching this. Um, that she, so she hears over the radio that Dr. King has been assassinated. 
So she, who does she call on the phone? She, before she goes to the bus ticket? Yeah, because didn't she like threaten someone? Oh, well, she calls J. Edgar Hoover. That's right. She but that's, calls J. Edgar Hoover. But that's different. That's After right, she realizes Jay she can't save Dr. That's it. And you know what? That's if, if you can't save Dr. King <laughs> from being assassinated, at least you can use J. Edgar Black Hoover <laughs> to fire Percival Pickens from the FBI, which, again, aim higher. If you're like, <laughs> I'm a time traveler and I know what awaits you, J. Edgar Hoover, you know what? Why don't you get fucking Percival fired and also get, ask J. Edgar Hoover to step down in that moment? But she doesn't do that. No, she doesn't do that. <laughs> and she does blackmail him because, of course, this is the year that the FBI had been started in Riverdale. Mm. And she also remembered that. And, of course, who was the FBI? It's Percival Pickens and Kevin. And they are going to come in and they're going to... Oh, because they're starting... They have a... They're mourning inside of the diner yes. after the assassination. That's what it is. And so the FBI comes, because, you know, it's an FBI's job, to come and say, this is a protest. We are going to shut this down. And Tabitha's like, we're peacefully mourning. And we are... This is not a protest. We are just gathered here because Pops is a safe haven. And Pops has been there throughout Riverdale's history. Yes. And if it happened in Riverdale, it happened at Pops. And yeah, there was... I, I, It's interesting that Kevin has been made to be like law enforcement because of his dad. And so poor Kevin has to just be like... You know, in this particular episode, obviously the cops uh, slash law enforcement have just never been on the right side of uh, of civil rights, no. and so poor Kevin just has to be a fucking white supremacist in every iteration of time travel. And Percival Pickens, I guess, just is—I mean, he's a demon, but he's just like a white—he's like a demon driven by white supremacy. And yeah, and and they do like a like a you know a real cop protest thing where they're like, we are going to you know arrest you. And, uh, you know, for for gathering here and there is like a moment where Riverdale, you know, there were there was some people who were inside the diner that were like, well, let's go like fuck shit up. And Tabitha was like, let's not stoop to that level. And I was like, let's not do that. Riverdale. Let's not insert like respectability politics about protesting the death of right. Dr. King. Right. So I was a little this section was like oscillating between being just like hilarious because like are we really trying to stop the assassination of dr king and also like yeah, also i would throw it out there she didn't even try that hard she got on a bus to stop the assassination and then the bus breaks down she's like well guess i can't like yeah, she, it was good it was she gave weird. up quite easily she was like oh there's there's no other buses all right all right never mind and then later and of course it all has real it all uh you know has real like would you kill hitler vibes and then yes. it turns out that at the end she says in college my favorite thing to debate in philosophy was would you kill hitler and i was like it was is little... news to me that that is what you debate in a college philosophy class especially if you are getting because then she say she double majored in fencing and debate <laughs> and that's what you're debating if you'd kill Hitler something tells me that they they deviate from that after middle school right? <laughs> it's like right it's like the idea that in college you're like having formal debates about whether you should kill baby Hitler is so so it's funny so funny it's so funny 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. It is a little weird that the demon is put into a white supremacist box. Can I say that? Yeah. Like, you'd think he'd be overall, like, so much more evil. Like, that's what I expected. And that made me just like, well, I mean, it, that is an ultimate evil. I'm not saying it's not it fucking is, no, evil but it is shit. strange. It is strange to just be like, he's a demon, but he only cares about white supremacy. Yes, that's what that's what I mean. I'm just like, well, I mean. And that's kind of what I meant to be saying before about the problem with this episode is that it just like equates white supremacy with like evil, like and not even evil. Like, of course, it's evil, but evil in like the biblical kind of inexplicable like, oh, it's just evil. And it's like, why is Percival Pickens just, is this whole time that he's been harassing homeless people and he's been here for this whole season, he's, he's just like a white supremacist demon who just wants to shut down Pops because he has a white supremacist bone to pick with like Pops being a center of the town throughout uh, its racist history. And not to be like this, but I feel like if he was that, like if he is that through eternity, wouldn't he have used like sugar rather than mm, spice? To try and court the white people that have superpowers to try to get them on his side rather than just mind control because I feel like he would treat them differently if that is all his demonship cared about. Right, like what is his motivation? Like white being a demon and a white supremacist is like, okay, but like, like the actual motivations behind white supremacy are like inextricably linked with like a lot of other power structures like capitalism and you know patriarchy and uh like land ownership and all these things so it's like there it's like if if you have like a white supremacist they're not just motivated by pure random evil they're 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 motivated by like in you know there's also again there's all sorts of like structural factors motivating them and i think that it's strange to be like 
what is Percival Pickens' motivation? Oh, he's a white supremacist and he's a demon. Why is he a white supremacist? I don't know, because that's evil. Like, it's just a strange flat. There's, <laughs> it's just, you're in this like circle where you're just like, what is, okay, I guess okay. we're just going to make white supremacy and the devil the same thing. Okay. Which, I mean, you are right. It is evil. I just, I feel like this is a much broader evil. Right. He would eat, wouldn't he hate equally? Right. But that's not what the like that's not what the devil. That's why I I he can't be the devil. He has to just be a demon because that is not what I but I also don't know what part of the book of revelations <laughs> they're do I need to like, I know, there's like read a lot bullet of text. points on the book. We need of to reference here. We need somebody familiar with the book of revelations. I don't know anything about it. Jeff was trying to tell me about it last night. I was like, wow. That, oh, um, just sick laying next to him on the couch. Just like, I'm watching it. I know there's a lot of like fire and really fucked up graphic depictions of things. But again, like why, why, I thought that Percival Pickens' motivation was some, like, unfinished beef with Abigail uh, Blossom from the 1700s. Like, Why does he want to start a railroad? Why does he want to do any of this? Like, why is he here? It's just so Riverdale-y to be like, <laughs> we never even found out why, the, why fucking Chad Michael Murray wanted to harvest organs. He just, he just did, you know? He's like. Dead. He just did. And this is just like, ah, he just wants to do this. Well, why is he so powerful? It's because he's a demon. Why? What does he want? Uh, I guess he wants white supremacy. Throughout history, his single mission is to be a white supremacist throughout history. Like, I just I just don't get it. I just don't Well, you don't get even it. have to get it because there's a bomb inside of the <laughs> diner. And then she's going to time jump again. She's time jumped to 1999. Good old 1999. You know, where um where the neo-Nazis really shine. Because <laughs> this is our Nazi part of the Riverdale episode that I didn't know was going to happen. And um, so it's 1999 and Tabitha is helping Pop Tate scrub the white supremacist graffiti that is on the side of Pops, um, which is an 88, which is, you know, for the eighth letter of the alphabet, which is Heil Hitler, and um, I, which I did not know, I learned that last night. And um, I guess it looked like the sides of a swastika that were like pulled, or, or maybe it was like the version of SS. I didn't pause it to look at it. But you know 1999. Maybe it was just crazy because, as we can see, it must have been the end of the year because she had a Y2K paper. I thought that we were going to go in the direction of, like, a Y2K apocalypse. Y2K, yes. But instead it was more, right, like a kind of 90s American History X style. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there was, you know, there, my town, hometown, had an active Klan presence in the early 90s. So it certainly wasn't oh, like no, it was certainly, gone, you no. know. My hometown as well. Like, no, it was unfortunately. Oh, and it's still fucking there. Right, right. But I'm starting to think, like, is this, obviously this was spun by, you know, all a lot of us thinking that the pandemic and everything was kind of the end of the world. But I wonder if it was different parts of, like, that 
culture thought that it was the end of the world because of what was happening. And that is why she went back to 1944, Mm. why she went back to 1968, 1999, where we all did cut. Like, I was the age we've talked about this on our rewind episodes that i was nervous about y2k because i didn't understand what it meant right these were all the 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 post-war period of the 40s 1968 and 1999 in its own way were all times that people thought like this is the end of history something else so you know how do we this is a this is a, a you know a break from how things have always been where do we go from here? Yeah. So could that be Percival Pickens's but does he find vulnerable like I just don't I'm I feel like I need somebody to sit down with me with like a big piece of chart paper and a marker and like diagram <laughs> this not like only the this, meme, like the Charlie Day meme. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Just like let me figure this out. <laughs> yes. I feel exactly the same way, but don't worry. On that map, you're going to have to put the Spear of Destiny and the Holy Grail, which is in this part of the Riverdale episode. I was just, I, you know, Riverdale, they never cease to amaze me with where they're going to go. I didn't know that this show would ever get this biblical. And um, I kind of like the liberty with which they are taking this. Yeah, again, it wasn't interesting, but so remind me what happens, because in this part I was just focusing on like, I honestly lost track of things because I was trying to focus on how they were making everybody look like it was the 90s. Um, and that was mostly what I was thinking about. So there, what is the- So they the, catch the kid that was doing the graffiti. Yes. And, and he, he had like, this baseball card that he was like, this is the most, it's the most rare baseball card. And they're like, where right. did you get this from? He's like, all I had to give was my, uh," and he was about to say soul. And of course he got it from the oddity shop, which was called curious objects. Oh, it's a lot like needful things, isn't it? (laughs) It certainly is. So he got it from there and who owns the shop? Ba-ba-ba-ba! It's Percival Pickens, the demon! Not Percival Pickens, the man, because when Tabitha goes over there to try and snoop around a bit, she's taking pictures with a Polaroid, by the way. Um, That, of course, very 1999 of her. She's taking pictures with a Polaroid because she sees the... um, the Spear of Destiny, which is the spear that killed, that was did the final, like, chest blow of Jesus Christ himself <laughs> or herself. And also sees the Holy Grail because this in this section she was looking for her tether. Remember the last episode where Daddy... Archie's daddy was his tether back to reality. And so through all of this, she was lightly looking for what was her tether. And there was another word for it, but it was like her talisman. Talisman. She was looking for her talisman. And so she looks over there and who attacks her? Not Percival Pickens, but the demon of Percival Pickens, who he was wearing a... I don't know what kind of coat that was, but he seemed to have put on... One of the, I think, maybe Civil War outfits. I should ask Jeff. I have no idea. He was in a soldier's outfit. And so that's when we find out that Tabitha was a double major in fencing and debate 
What does she expect to do with her life? Can you major in debate? Do you expect to do with your life? I can you? I don't think you could major in either of those. Those are both extracurricular activities. It's why eighteen-year-olds shouldn't go to college. It's why you should <laughs> go figure yourself out for a bit and then come back around to it. But I digress because she is fighting with this demon, and then she goes to kill him, and he disappears. Right. Yeah, and then we see rough. the face of not Pazuzu, which I thought it was, um, which is like a Captain Howdy from um, Exorcist. Then we see the real demon that lives inside of Percival. And so she steals the Holy Grail because she thinks the Holy Grail is her talisman. Right. And what does she do? She goes back to D- Pop's diner and she goes, ah, it's ready for me to go home. I finally did my unfinished business. In 1999. Uh-huh. I'm not going to think about the fact that wouldn't Tabitha, didn't Tabitha, like, wasn't she in Riverdale when she was young and then moved away? I don't remember because I don't need to get can't bring myself to care. You don't want to go down that road. <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. So what does she do? The Holy Grail, she puts a milkshake inside of it and says, ah, time to go home. And cheers is... Her angel in this, which I think Raphael is Betty in this. And she says, to the future. And so she goes back to, well, she goes to the future. But then at some point, she goes back to the present. And she tells everyone about how she is a time traveler now. Yes. And she saw the future and the sky was full of ash, which honestly I thought was just going to be about climate change. Turns out it's about the apocalypse. It's the apocalypse. And, you know, my problem is that I have such, so little knowledge of the Bible that I don't even understand when biblical references are being made. So I think the whole Holy Grail thing might have been a little bit lost on me in this um, section. But yeah, she basically realizes that Pops is her talisman. It is her God-given, uh, Who knew you know, we needed to be brushing up on our Bible <laughs> studies before watching an episode of Riverdale? I didn't know. Who could have known that this sexy high school show would take us deep into the bowels of revelations yeah, yeah, and yeah, for a yeah. for a land war between angels and demons, which she yeah, yeah, basically yeah, forecasts yeah. is coming, um, yeah, and now yeah, yeah. she has superpowers. Now everybody basically has superpowers except Veronica. Sorry, Veronica. Yeah, what's what's uh, like? Just nobody cares about Veronica anymore. Like, oh, she's got her casino. She's ugh, she's inundated as it is. Yeah, she was barely in this episode at all, aside to, from to encourage. Tabitha to just not fight for Pops. Everybody in this episode was a total dick, and they were like, eh, Pops, who needs it? Yeah. yeah, that's the only place we ever go. It seems to be the only business in Riverdale, but give it up, Tabitha. And then yeah. she does her time traveling, and she comes back, she tells everybody, and everyone's like, all right, what can we do to support you? Yeah, because she finally tells Jughead that, like, okay, I can time travel. Um, she stops the guy with the gun, and they tie him up, and they put him in the freezer. Yes. And so then she tells Jughead that she could time travel, that Percival is, like, the personification of evil. And then Archie, Betty, and Cheryl show up. And Archie says that Percival's trying to get Governor Dooley on board for the train. Yes, because the the landmark, the designation of historical landmarks goes through the state. So they thought that they could circumvent the crooked town council, um, but they can't because now Percival is going to the state as well. Yes, he's going to the state. And um, that's why they can't make 
Pops a national landmark. So, uh, because he's already infiltrating in the system and going to make it stop. <laughs> and then Tabitha realizes, oh my God, the Holy Grail wasn't my talisman. Pops was my talisman the whole time. Because he is apparently, oh, okay, so that, I guess that makes sense. I forgot that Tabitha said that he's going after Pop so much because that's where the final battle is going to be fought. Uh, I am so curious as to see what is going to happen. With where do you go from here, battle? honestly? Now that you have know. done time travel, you have introduced a demon. Um, like, I, I was like, okay, admittedly, they did pick up some, like we kept, last episode, we were screaming, where is this going? Where is this going? We need the stakes to be higher. We didn't understand why Percival was here or what his deal was. Is Do I have clarity on that now after this episode? I guess. I mean, the stakes are higher in a way, but are they? Because don't stakes need to be earned? Like to just say, he is a devil. That's why the stakes are high. I I guess like I'm now quickly trying to teach myself about fallen angels because I was like, is he a fallen angel? And I'd ask Jeff and he's like, I think that fallen angels, um, they while they lust for power, they also encourage sin. And so wouldn't so that he so he's probably not a fallen angel. Wait, was what were we what what else do we talk about where we've been talking about fallen angels? I don't know, not with me. Have we been talking about fallen angels? Haven't? Oh my god, this is going to destroy me! Isn't? I thought there was. Is there not something? I mean, it, I talk with somebody in my life about a show that has a fallen. Oh, is this not coming back to you, fallen no, angel? No, it's not. No, it's not. You don't feel like we've had this conversation about fallen angels before? No, I don't think I've been talking about fallen angels, but maybe I have been. Again, I've been on Dayquil for a couple of days, so maybe I just called you and was like, MJ, the fallen angel, <laughs> they found me. Someone come and get me. I think it's a baseball team. Oh my God, this is going to haunt me. I feel like <laughs> in the last you year, I remember having a series of, I thought, recorded ongoing conversations about... <laughs> It's just Fallen in your angels. brain, man. I think it's just in your fucking <laughs> oh, brain, no. dude. I know that's real, but I'm never. If it's not you, I'm, I have no idea who it is. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to find out. Maybe it was. It could also. It could have been me. It could have been me. Riverdale has never had a fallen angel plotline before. Uh, no. Well, there was the devil episode with the devil, but that wasn't Percival Pickens. That was another tall, skinny white man uh-huh. in the Rivervale episode. So maybe we talked about it then. Whew, oh my god, my I got my work cut out for me. I got to figure out in Uh-oh, what context have I been talking about fallen angels? <laughs> uh, but again, maybe it's just in your dreams. Riverdale. Maybe there's a fallen angel that's trying to take over your brain right now and try to put a demon inside of you. I cannot believe this, Riverdale. You have destroyed my mind <laughs> for the last time. I doubt it. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. The apocalypse is gonna come. The apocalypse is coming. I did, you know what? We didn't expect organ harvesting, and I certainly didn't expect the apocalypse to happen in this episode. But I am very excited to watch Cheryl go after Percival Pickens because now Cheryl is on board. I did think it was very weird that Cheryl kept her house so cold for her <laughs> pyrokinetic 
tendencies, I guess, so that she would be controlled. Yeah, I guess you want to keep your temperature low, right? Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, so that she just has to keep it low so that she could, but she doesn't she need to work on it? That's a story for a different time. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to have more of her fire powers starting next episode, I guess. Wow. Yeah, I can't wait to get back to Cheryl now that she's back to her normal sassy self. I think it's great. Oh, yes. And, I mean, don't forget that doll is still trapped in her house. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys so much for uh, joining us on this, our Riverdale roundup. Wait a second. Wait a second. That's not the end of the season, is it? I is just it? looked up how many episodes are in season six. Oh, no. And it said, as it stands, the release date of the season six finale is April 24th. <gasps> no. What? That wasn't. No. Whoa. No, there's another one. There's another one coming out. When does it end? <laughs> we don't know. When it, we never when know when it, it end? ends. That's the that's the special hell of Riverdale is that you never know when it ends. It, it's like it's living in it's <laughs> living in in a in a nothing. It's like we live in a bog. I I don't know. Like what does it mean? How many episodes are there in the season? <laughs> Someone tell me. If you don't know, worry, there was another. You can episode. let us know listener because we don't know if you can figure it out please let us know um well but for now that's riverdale roundup thank you guys so much for joining us and we will be back oh we'll be back next week with um one chapter 107 huh in the fog is what it's called <laughs> in the bog of our in, fucking oh brain. god our fucking brains bro <laughs> love you guys bye bye this show is made possible by listeners like you thanks to our ad sponsors you can support our shows by supporting them for more shows like the one you just listened to go to lastpodcastnetwork.com across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.